When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to Spotcast. Start date 904.14.81. Mitra's log. Um, my name is Tim Mitra. I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jonathan Kuline and Mr. Mississauga, Ontario. Hello there. And we also have Hyman Lopez Jr. on the line in Seattle, Washington, Ontario. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> All right, got to throw him for a loop. Yeah, people time. are going to be like, what? What? Uh, Seattle, Washington, Ontario now? Yeah. Well, can't, Seattle or, or, or Washington State is joining Canada next next month um pretty sure <laughs> you know as a little aside there is some discussion about like hey there's this little part of the u.s that is cut off because mm-hmm. they have no land access back to uh the united states because the the border is is shut down between the united states and canada and so there's only a two-hour ferry and you're like i wonder if they should sell it to canada which i think yeah. i saw in the toronto star if i'm not mistaken isn't that that's part of an island or something like that right and and yeah because I, well, I know I, I don't think or it's, it's, or it's, or it's maybe a peninsula or whatever you call that yeah, where yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a little, little little dollop of land that's left over and the line the 48th parallel, 49th parallel or whatever it is divides it right in half right yeah I, I don't know the history and this might have to be a future fact i don't see why it was so important to maintain this little slice of land it was yeah. like oh this parallel I was like yeah but what about like all of victoria that's this weird but, but, this, but if <laughs> i remember correctly that goes around that but if I remember correctly, it's actually like there's a street where the line, the, the border runs down the street and you can park on the U.S. side or the Canadian side. And it's sort of an honor system. You sort of check in when you when you drive, when you go to the Longos or you go to the, the Walmart, you have to sort of check in and, you know, you can you can go buy your gas on the U.S. side. It's like, yeah, it's it's not it's a very loose interpretation of a border. Right. But but I wonder, yeah. like, is it is it closed now because of COVID? Right. That's that's the thing that's that was said. They're like, hey, they're they're kind of in a bad spot because yeah. uh, they they can't get normal stuff and everything's having to shuttle through a, a two-hour ferry back to the mainland so but but you can drive into Canada like it's like they're they're connected by like by road you I know? mean in, in in ordinary times yes my understanding is uh, the border is shut down with Canada and they cannot they cannot go in see that would suck eh can you imagine yeah well, you know, it's, wow it's so crazy like you can see across the street but you can't walk across the street wow yeah All I don't right. know if you all are interested in a Louisiana purchase type thing where you want to buy some stuff <laughs> from yeah. us. 
Yeah, we can't afford your your land. Sorry. Um, all right. Well, we have some fact check from last week, and this is uh, John. Speaking of time zones, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. First, we're going to talk about what are we going to talk about in tonight's episode? We got to do that. Oh, do we? Do we? Oh, this yeah, week we'll we, be talking. We, we'll yeah. be talking about uh, Discovery season three, episode two, right? You know, even though it says episode twelve here. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. right. Our our sorry. This is our season three, episode twelve. Yes. Far mm. from logic. our season three, episode twelve. We're talking about Star Trek Discovery season three, episode two. Right. 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 Far from home. Yeah. Yeah. Part two, right? No, wait. Is this part two? No, strangely not. Wait, last week was that you are the hope part one or something. Mm, that hope is you. That part hope one. is you. Yes, yes, yes. But that hope is you. Part two has not been episode two. We'll talk about we'll talk about that when we get forward. I think they're going to bounce this around. I think I think I have a, feel, I have a feeling we're going to have some flashback and stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, we'll talk about the end of the show when we get to the, to the wrap up. Anywho. Um, yeah, so we have some fact check on. Let's try again. We have some fact check on on some time zones there, Jonathan, right? Not mine. This is from our good friend. Jaime oh, Jaime Lopez. Jr. Jr. Yeah, sorry. I, he I, didn't attribute it himself. I, I okay, copied sorry. and pasted the info and, and failed to, to annotate it as mine. But yeah, I just I just assumed it was Jonathan. I'm sorry. So, so last time we had talked about time zones uh, in particular, I happen to be in uh, Pacific Daylight Time at the moment, given the, the season. So Seattle, at the time at which I did this, it was 9.16 p.m. We're in GMT. Uh, how do you say that? Minus seven? Is that how it's read? I've never actually I don't know. Yes, heard it stated out loud. Or UTC, right? UTC? I, I went to like Google and just said, hey, you know, current time sort of thing, you know, in, in places. And we had talked about oh, it on the show. GMT, like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, you're, you're Pacific- minus seven because you're minus seven behind GMT, right? Like GMT That's what I your what future. Figured. Yeah. yeah. And we're so, minus five, right, John? Or Yes, okay. minus five. Yep. So I had wondered oh, okay, well, I know that there are other American states that are further west than the West Coast, so, uh, or the Pacific Daylight Time. I was like, Wait, what about Alaska? And then we say, oh, what about Hawaii? And they're, it, they're, they truly do exist. So Alaska Daylight Time, GMT minus eight. So if you did the math, that was 8.16 p.m. at the time I took this. And uh, Hawaiian Aleutian Standard Time is GMT minus 10, so it was 6.16 p.m. Uh, when those uh, when those folks were, were so there So they don't observe time daylight savings time in in hawaii i'm uncertain it seems like maybe they don't unless they have a different schedule for it given that they're you know so far away from sort of the normal place that the rest of the united states is um but i think the reason this came up for those who are wondering like why are we talking about time zones like well when uh, when uh, you know your your fine host here had to wake up for a dastardly five in the morning <laughs> pacific poor daylight God, time for, so hard done for, to get my 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 iphone pre-order I was like, all right, Alaska gets it worse. It was four in the morning. But Hawaiian Aleutian time would have been better because with three hours back, like I would have stayed up to like two in the morning. That's fine. It's it was 5 a.m. was awkward. It was too early to get up for like work, but like not late enough where I could just make a late night of it or something. Right, right. So it was rough. Well, so I back in the like, you know, I think just two, three years ago, I would have to set the alarm for three in the morning um, and then get up. And then and, and the thing about it is that was when the store wouldn't open right at three, which is midnight your time because they were selling the phones at midnight right and and i'd have to wait 15 20 minutes before i could even make a connection you know to to buy a phone right so did so so i guess we talked about this on our slack channel which by the way you guys are all welcome to come and you know join up there's a sign up page for if you want to come and chat with us but um so so did you get a phone did you get the the hot fries you were waiting for the fresh fries yeah 
yeah, I'm I'm in the first delivery and uh, should be getting that delivery actually tomorrow as of this recording on on Friday. Um, my my device is taking a weird path from from China into Alaska apparently, which is where it went through customs, and then it flew all the way over to. Um, Oh, geez. Well, it was either Kentucky or Tennessee, and then is going to fly its way back across the country, <laughs> back on the diagonal to come back to I Seattle. Went to Tennessee, that's interesting. Yeah, because it was Tennessee I, or Kentucky. I need, I need to take a look at the, the UPS delivery thing. But I was like, oh, that's why would you go all the way there? At least go to like Dallas or something that's a little less, you know, not on the complete opposite kitty corner part of the country. But isn't it, isn't it like, like a central, isn't it like a centralized spot in the States where all UPS deliveries go, like, like all FedEx deliveries go to one spot in the the u.s yeah and i thought that was kentucky i'll i'll, I'll maybe i think like fedex there. i think fedex is one place and then i would think ups and dhl all have their own yeah isn't it nashville for uh or is nashville yeah, it sounds or about Memphis? nashville Memphis. this like one says uh kentucky is where it went to mm. so because i've i've watched many deliveries over the years you know when i used to resell max and stuff like that or, or even buy phones and stuff like that and for us they they start from shenzhen china they go to alaska they go down into the states they come back up into winnipeg you know, and then they come over to Toronto. But um, yeah, I've watched them zigzag and, you know, throughout the, like go from China to US and, but I think it's probably because there's probably a large, like a, like a container or more containers of phones that get shipped over and they're probably on like huge skids and then they get broken down into different regions, right? Because it's not like a whole container is going to go to Seattle, right? It's probably part of it. So they have to probably go and take them and break them down into, into their various place and sort them, you know, like do nail sorting or package sorting and that's probably how they get to where you are because because i think one of our guys on our um uh, i think one of the guys on the slack channel was saying his phone was they frozen in alaska right today earlier anyway at least you got one in the first place. I, I got one i didn't order one until some well into the day and um so i'm getting one for work um two uh, two a week after you i think maybe yeah and that's why we all lost sleep well i didn't I, so i didn't i didn't lose sleep i had a nice you know leisurely uh, breakfast and uh you know dialed into work had a coffee, walked the dog, and then I ordered my iPhone. It wasn't as stressful. Are you still there? Yeah, no. It's like, I mean, you, you, <laughs> it was like speechless. 8 a.m. If you had tried to join the rush, it would have been 8 a.m. your time. So yes, that's true. You, yeah, but I think I'd remark you could have you could have gone to Timmy's and got yourself a, yeah a coffee and some Timmy's. Well, we don't really and, go and to Timmy's these days. That's the problem. We go to you know we, we can go to the, the the outside of Timmy's and stand in line you know three six feet apart from each other you know and that's not exactly going to Timmy's anymore, right? So mm-hmm. unfortunately, not that I would go to Timmy's anyway. Yeah, uh, all right, there are better coffees. Most of them come from Seattle. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, so the other thing, a little bit of follow up, two other pieces of follow up. We were talking about craft on that uh, um, Star Trek. What do they call those things? Short tricks. Short tricks. Thank you. Uh, Aldous uh, Hodge played craft on the on the thing. He's been on a few shows before. He's a, he's a recognizable guy. Yep, he's a familiar face. Yeah. Yeah, familiar face. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and the other things we talked about, we didn't talk about last week. We t- we mentioned that we were going to talk about it, but we didn't talk about it. And that's Crave, which is Crave is our on. <laughs> Online, online, you know, service that's connected to, I think it's connected to this whole CTV mega, you know, broadcasting chain networky thing. Because because mm. Space Channel, when we started this podcast, it was still called Space, right? And now yep. they've rebranded it as CT, CTV Fly Channel, yep. right? Um, and they have like CTV Comedy Network and all kinds of other things, which is 
basically comedy network renamed. Uh, but yeah, so Jonathan was was going to you know talk about Craven. Now he, the, the backstory is when we were watching uh, Lower Decks, we would basically dial into Crave in the morning, you know, maybe at lunchtime and watch the episode and then do a podcast after you know after having some time to con- consume it. But what's happening here with, with for some reason, and maybe it's the difference in the popularity between Discovery and Lower Decks. I'm not sure. I think like, that would be my guess. Crave is not showing the show until well well after the broadcast right yeah so, so we were we were looking into this and uh, okay excuse me i just need to dust my soapbox off here. Hang on. <clears throat> yes so um crave is still of the mindset that we live in the past and a world where you have to wait to watch things that air in different time zones in different places and so what they've decided is best policy and this may be because of their contractual obligations with um ctv or paramount or whoever all that Viacom, or it might be because of the arrangement internationally, because it airs on, uh, I believe it's Netflix internationally, right, uh, Jaime? It's, like it's Netflix. Uh, yes, I, I think Picard was on Amazon, Amazon. but yeah, I think for right. Discovery, it's still on Netflix internationally. Well, we also have yeah. CTV All Access, CBS, what is it? Not CTV, CBS All Access now in Canada. We Maybe do. you have to watch, you have to have that subscription to get it earlier. Maybe, but what they've decided to do is... Well, Tim's right. We used to get Lower Decks would appear at midnight Pacific time here. So 3 a.m. Anytime 3 a.m. 3 a.m. on, you could watch it uh, in, here in, in Ontario. However, for Discovery, not only is it not coming on at 3 a.m. so you could watch it anytime on Thursday, it's not coming on when it airs on CTV Sci-Fi, which is 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time right now. It is not being put on Crave until 20 24 hours after it airs what? on. So it starts being on Crave at 9 p.m. Friday nights. So if you are waiting or only have a subscription to Crave and don't have a subscription to CTV Sci-Fi, which a lot of cable cutters have, it is a circumstance now, they have a Crave subscription. Anyway, you cannot watch it on the day that it is released in America. And you will then have to endure uh, your Twitter feed, your blog enjoyment, and I don't know if you happen to have a friend from Seattle that you want to talk to you have on a show, yeah. no ability to watch it short of actually uh, yeah waiting around till Friday night unless you have cable and if you have cable you can watch it but again you have to wait till and 9 they're punishing the cable cutters is what they're doing right ah uh, yeah so so if I and if I hurry I can get this this episode like you know through, through production before it airs <laughs> technically yeah, yeah. on for, for half of our listeners or all three of our listeners i guess <laughs> yeah but it's yeah it's it just it's lunacy it's lunacy it was lunacy five years ago it was lunacy eight years ago it is beyond lunacy now that they think that the world works like this that a 24 or or more hour gap is gonna stand like if people want to watch it they're just gonna watch it in a surreptitious manner that is going to cost them money in the long run i don't understand this rationale to have these delays it's just it's it's absolute foolishness yeah they, they just obviously just don't get it they don't get how kids these days i'm doing that kids these days thing how they're consuming consuming media right like i mean the reality is like you know yeah if you want to watch star trek discovery you're gonna watch it right yeah. like you just said right like there are ways yeah. and they can't prevent people from using those ways so well and especially as vpns have become so prevalent now you know yes, it is a right. lot easier to insulate yourself if you choose to you know 
use less than uh, legal means to mm. view content that is to be paid for. Uh, and, but it's particularly galling because, you know, you still pay for cable. I still pay for cable. Yes. And yet how we are still somehow marginalized, even though we are choosing to pay for this, which is nonsensical. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I don't understand this rationale and I, and I never will. I mean, again, you hear me on this soapbox all the time, but I do not understand, you know, they, they did this with, you know, Runaways, the, the Hulu show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Runaways dropped in, I think it was last, I want to say December, beginning of December. It dropped all the episodes on Hulu. In Canada, it wasn't airing until, I think it started in like January, February. Like, and it was week by week, right? And it was week by week and not all all at once. Like, <laughs> what world do they think we're living in? Like, that's nonsense. Who, who's who's going to do that? You know, if you're used to, you know, the binge binging, either you will make the effort to go and find it and you will watch it at your at your time or you won't watch it and that's probably even more devastating like right yeah you will just not care because you'll be like are they still doing that like it's so far behind i don't care anymore because all of the interactivity is gone you're not going to talk about it on your socials you're not going to talk about it on your on your blogs with your friends you're not going to talk about the water cooler nobody cares because it's 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 in the past it's like a live sporting event oh man i caught this great leaf game it was on in december like who cares (laughs) Yeah, well, crazy. All right. Now the now the Kraken game, those you'll be talking about for months. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, right. there there will be a theme of people not understanding how modern uh, media works. Uh, it'll be in one of the stories here in the headlines. Nice. All right. Well, let's, let, let's speaking of which, let's get to the headlines now. I think Jonathan's got the first one up. Hey, look, it happens to be about Star Trek. There it is. So, a uh, pretty easy one and I won't waste too much time on it just to say that uh, Star Trek Discovery got an official season 4 renewal. I think that was a no-brainer. I don't think we all thought it was going anywhere so it's yeah. kind of a formality well i like the headline to the surprise of absolutely no one <laughs> yes to the surprise of no one that was the, the great headline on io9 was to the surprise of absolutely no one star trek discovery renewed for season four yeah uh yeah i mean did you guys have any thoughts at all that it wouldn't get renewed like didn't never occurred to me that i'm they still would devastated before. over what they did to enterprise i mean i i enjoyed that show until they got into the zindi war and you know which had to reflect the the gulf war i guess yeah. um but yeah i mean and then and then they pulled plug on it so but we talked about the the star trek fatigue when we were talking about nemesis and and insurrection and that sort of idea that there had been so much you know there had been uh three consecutive four consecutive television shows i guess including enterprise plus Mm -hmm. there had been the movies and you know there was the original cast and And they're just coming off ds9 and yeah yeah, so i I guess it was also it just kind of fell victim to america was in a weird place because of 9-11 and also um yeah it just just people were just a little Star Trek out. Um, now it seems like we're in a new golden era of Star Trek as it just keeps manufacturing itself. But it was the war, the war on Terra. Yeah. Right. So good news. I'm you know that means season four of uh, this Ooh. podcast coming soon to you. <laughs> or will it be? You know, technically, I was looking at that. So yeah, like we have a sidebar. Have a sidebar. So we did two seasons of Discovery without breaking down into seasons ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So we did something like fifty or sixty episodes, and then we came back and we did a, a one-off for for one of the Avenger movies, not the last one, the one before. Um, was it Endgame was the last one? I think I, I lose track. Yeah, I think you're right. The, or the, the Glove of Doom or something. Um, yeah, and then, um, or the snapping. Uh, oh, that then, was Infinity War. Yes. 
this. Oh yeah, so Infinity War was one before. Yep. Yeah, that, so so that one we came back and did one, and then we did a few shows around the Game of Thrones, and we did one for the Game of Thrones thing. But so we Black pointed, Panther, and uh, yeah, we did a few things. Yeah, so we we did we sort of did a half season or or like a you know one point five or whatever it was. I forget how I numbered it. Maybe I'm I'm gonna have to go back and renumber them because I think we went up to like sixty something episodes without breaking down into seasons. And then we decided, you know, we did, we came back for for Picard and we called that season two, I believe, right? And then we switched over to season three for for because uh, we had a hiatus and then we came back. And we did uh, lower decks and now we're doing discoveries as our season three. But technically, it's season four, right? So my brain hurts. I know, eh? Whose idea yeah. was this? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we, I I don't know how we got to season three, but here we are. We're in season three. <laughs> It's sort of, I guess it's our third kick at it after like a big hiatus. I yeah, guess. I think that's it because we had taken a bit of a hiatus after Picard, right? We took yes, a, a, for, we were forced to because there was break. there was no there was no Star Trek for us to talk well, about. There was well, no movies for us to talk about in the interim either. It's mm-hmm. true, it's true. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I've been watching the 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 first movie um, again now that I now that I own it. I'm not sure. If, I guess this, this is, must be a 4K copy, but it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other than other than yeah, okay, well, it still is the first movie. It, it's, I've forgotten. It does actually. It kind of sort of stands up. It's much better than than Star Trek Five. But Star Trek oh. Five had its own moments too, though. Star Star Trek Five is just a crime. It is. It is <laughs> oh man, that is one of the worst pieces of science fiction I've ever come across. It is. There's no defense of that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got the fan dance. You got to admit, right? So, oh yeah. Hmm. Yes, that temptress that she is. All right. Anyway, um, let's move on to Jaime. Jaime's just chomping at the bit to tell us this story. And I have a question for Jaime about this one anyway so what's up yeah you know as as uh things have gotten crazy during the pandemic era apparently you can do a private theater rental for as low as 99 dollars at amc theaters that's uh one of the large chains here in uh in the united states it's a chain i here think too. they have a yeah. uk it's branch not here a chain not a chain here anymore they sold their canadian ones oh there's cineplex. no it's oh. no cineplex oh okay never mind yeah. Yep. yeah there's no more amc here yeah there there is some caveats that like that just gets you like the rental itself if you you want to bring in outside food that's 250 uh getting access to the auditorium between beyond 15 minutes prior to film start is 250 and the microphone is another 100 bucks so like you know it's it, it you're not getting in there just for the 99 bucks but like you and your uh your pod of folks wanted to do something i'm like man I, that might be kind of nice to go uh you know just get my household out there <laughs> and pretend yeah. that we're at a movie theater and like well, in normal so, times to watch a movie well so yeah that's interesting because you've always been able to rent a theater like i've seen i've been to conferences where they were inside a, a theater uh, many of them i think um i think one i used to go to in seattle in fact was was that in a theater or at least an auditorium kind of thing right but so my question is mm-hmm. this is um suppose you were to rent the room right what if you wanted to bring out like tenant or something like that would you have to pay like some exorbitant rate to get the to get the film loaded up for you right so they have uh older films will start at 99 plus tax newer oh, so films it's including like a film it's including a film cost between 149 and 349 to rent out so i mean still that's that's not too bad you know if you and your your friends all pitch in uh you can get a whole thing and and you know watch for yourself i mean i'm not saying it's it's cheap but it's not extravagant like i know that what you're talking about we're like hey you know uh have your organization's all hands meeting like have it here at the movie theater all right yeah i've never done that myself but i imagined it was not cheap to do that well it sounds like it's even cheaper now to do which i was like oh that, that 
that'll that'll fit on my credit card. I could do that myself. It doesn't require a corporate card to do that. Yeah, so, yeah. So will they give you a menu of films to choose from, or can you just be like, hey, I have always wanted to watch insert movie here in the on the big screen. You know, if I wanted to go see Howard the Duck on the big screen, could I pay five hundred dollars and go see Howard the Duck on the big screen? Which, by yeah. the way, I did when I was a, a teenager. Yeah, I don't know. If this bucks, is like really? a... <laughs> no, I would have paid five hundred bucks. You know, I'm a big fan, but yeah, I yeah. did go see it in the theater when i was uh when i was like 13 i get the impression from the link that they have the the rentals contact form that it's a limited set but i don't know if you could do like a, a byo d by bring your own dvd or film or can, you know, I, can I bring the vhs of the unedited version of star star wars and play it on the screen <laughs> just despite george lucas i have a dvd of that actually nice well there yeah. you go let's 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 chip in i think we got a, a little mission here now yeah i don't know if you could just walk in you know and have like <laughs> hey i need the projector person to set this Let's up have a DVD and then... should we get a showing of that <laughs> yeah yeah you walk up to the projector and be like i need you to get this lined up and then i need you DVD. to leave and not come back for two hours <laughs> <laughs> as we watch this film <laughs> right <laughs> yeah anyway oh what's next what, what what's george lucas up to now or no, yeah no, speaking not of george films lucas, but... yeah. no no not george lucas he sold that true true um but i can see why why tim thought this so the uh, the story here is that Disney Plus is bringing the Willow sequel from uh, Lucasfilm. It's their mm-hmm. first non-Star Wars Are they bringing Wars back Ron Howard, I... too? Or... Yep. Yeah, they're bringing back uh, Warwick Davis. Um, let's see. Did it, they specify? I don't know if we will have uh, Val Kilmer coming back as Mad Mardigan again. Yeah, uh... and, and, and his ex-wife, uh, Joanne Whaley. Because they met and got married on that film. After did that they really? Film. Wow. And, yeah, because she was, she was Joanne Whaley, and then she became Joanne Whaley Kilmer, and then they, I think they have since split. But uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's it's you know it's been a minute. So this this original film was from 1988. So the mm-hmm. the 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 wee baby is now could have had their baby, and it's may possibly you know depending on things work out, and given the the medieval thing, it may be a, a grandmother by this point. Uh, given how much later uh, in in time this takes place, so well uh, it'll be interesting. But coming to Disney Plus is the key part there. Yeah, and uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. So they actually, there was a trilogy sequel to Willow, and it was done in the form of books, and they were co-written by George Lucas and Chris Claremont, who mm. was uh, one of the most iconic comic book writers in the 1980s and 90s, uh, wrote the X-Men. All of the stories that have been turned into movies, Chris Claremont wrote those. Oh, okay. Um, and so they wrote a series uh, of books, Shadow Moon, Shadow Dawn, and I can't remember what the third one was called, um, which I will have for fair next week's fact check and um yeah they were they were about the the baby grown up and living her life and sort of her story i will be curious to see if that is the path that they follow obviously lucasfilm has departed from george lucas's previous works uh now knowing what we know about the the last three star wars movies those are not what he had intended i'm sure he would have done something more about taxation or trade routes or something but he (laughs) he has already written what he thinks happens next and it's his thing so i wonder if they will take any of that or if they will just leave it on the table and just focus on Warwick Davis's character or, or tell a completely different story. It'd be interesting. Really interesting. I, I love that. And one of my all-time favorite fantasy movies. Cool. All right. All right. I'm up next and this one, uh, I'm, I don't know. I haven't watched it so I shouldn't judge, but we talked a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, maybe maybe the beginning of the season, we talked about uh, this Hillary Swank show that was coming to Netflix. It was about a woman who's an astronaut and she was going on this mission where she's going to be going to Mars. She was going to be away for years. The show was called Away. Well, 
while Netflix has told the show to go away, and they have canceled it after just one season. So oh, really hmm. interesting development, given the fact that it has that kind of star power. I mean, Hillary Swank is a two-time Oscar winner. That's that's not small potatoes. Um, but you know, we know that with their algorithms, they can obviously do a lot of tracking. They can figure out who's watching it and how much, and and sort of where it meets that line of profitability. And I guess they determined after uh, only if it's only been out for maybe a couple months. Well, you know, I'll tell you, as a space nut myself, right, um, I've looked at it a number of times and thought, maybe next time, mm-hmm. right? So I wonder, and and because I have watched the trailer, right, and, and, I, and I get the story and whatever, like, you know, from the, I mean, from what you can get from a trailer, really, you know, like judging a book by its cover, as it were. Yeah. But I'm like, meh, you know, now I'm thinking, oh, well, if it goes away, maybe I'll watch it. And then maybe I won't. I don't know. Interstellar without so much of the head trip? Yeah, I guess that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, like how many, how many movies about going to Mars have I seen? Like I've probably seen yeah. like 10 of them, yeah. you know, and you know, some of them like there's like a grizzly monster that they discover and goes around killing everybody. And sometimes and, they say, get your ass to Mars. Yeah. Oh, that one. Yes. yes <laughs> <exactly>. I, yeah. <laughs> I included that one, but yeah, thanks for reminding me. Yeah. The only one that, uh, the only thing that really got, got me about this one was Hilary Swank. She's a fantastic actress and I think she could hold up a series. And I, I must admit, I have not watched much with her over the past few years, just some of the projects she's been interested in aren't what i'm interested in so having her do a sci-fi show was like oh maybe i'll i'll dip into that one but again am i going to watch whatever however many episodes it is now and then be like oh so yeah they just pulled the plug for it on me i I, i'm not in a hurry to watch it now so reminds me i got something to add to my thing um yeah who's next hi me you're up yeah this one we have the uh the the first like for realsy trailer for a new disney movie that is uh slated to come out in theaters and, and, and we'll talk about that um called uh raya and the last dragon so this is cg animated film uh coming out of disney's camp uh which i always feel like it's, it's sort of weird to describe it like it's disney but non-pixar if that makes sense um yeah. and it's uh it's currently slated to hit theaters in march and it is notable because we have here i believe the first southeast asian uh disney princess that we'll be dealing with is uh raya uh, you can watch the trailer with having the show notes for those of you transporting at home is uh, looking to become uh, one of the like like the familial generational guardians of this uh, dragon egg. It seems like some sort of heirloom or you know magic uh, thing of some sort, and it's uh, apparently going to be a dragon involved as they they tease there. So um, I'm excited about this one because it looks like a cool concept. Uh, you know, it looks like a lot of fun in the in the in the, the the form of like Moana or Brave if you think about those sorts of films, and it's also notable for having um the the southeast asian uh so notably uh like like non-japanese non-chinese that, that has happened uh, in the past so uh, i do know that people are excited about this from that angle uh, it's also a little rough for some folks because it's like smushing all of southeast asia together and and mm. there's a lot like in malaysia and, and indonesia has an insane amount of diversity just for those areas mm. but yeah I, I look at it as a first step towards better representation in films um, um, and, and it looks like it's going to have uh, beautiful art, so so it looks worth checking out. Right. Cool. How much uh, have they said where 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 specifically she's from, or is it just sort of broad? I got the impression it was kind of broad. Uh, it, it looks like Raya is a a name or a term that 
is applicable in both Malaysia and Indonesia. Mm. So maybe they tried to sort of uh, thread the needle there of like not make it too much of one versus the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, we'll, we'll 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 see how things go. It, again, looks look like a fun one. Cross your fingers that it's actually going to hit theaters in March of 2021. That's just the <laughs> yeah. world we live in now. Yeah, I look forward to seeing it on Disney Plus. Right. <laughs> yeah. So this next one, we're going to talk about um, the Quibi streaming service that's shutting down after less than a year. And uh, I'm going to put on my best John Oliver voice that if you're listening and wondering what the heck is Quibi, that's kind of the problem, isn't it? (laughs) 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 Nobody knows what the heck Quibi was. If I remind you, there was a Super Bowl commercial about Quibi, the basic concept being that people would pay for a monthly service. I think it was like $5.99 or maybe $4.99 a month for short form, uh, like five to 10 minute episode content of, of higher quality content. So, so not quite like TikTok videos, uh, kind of more like if you took a, a uh, Netflix, you know, series and said, well, instead of dividing it up into one hour shows or even half hour, or like we talked about with Lower Decks, like a traditional 22 minute episode, what if it was a, a five, 10 minute episode? Would people want to go and pay for this? Well, it turns out no. <laughs> and, and if you believe the, uh, the founders like, oh, well, uh, the reason is because, well, it was meant to be used, you know, like when you had time uh, waiting in line at the grocery store or at the bus, or maybe you were buying tickets for a movie theater and you could watch an episode. It's like, so it, obviously it's COVID is a pandemic. And, and really no, because I look back and think, wait a minute, I don't even know what shows they had. <laughs> what, what was their marquee show? You know? Right. Yeah. And, and uh, they didn't have it. And uh, they made other weird mistakes, like going so heavy into mobile first that they went mobile only and didn't have um, uh, apps for like the Roku or the Apple TV, the, mm-hmm. the Amazon Fire TV until like a week or two ago, which is around the time they started talking about selling the company and now are shutting it down. And they also failed going back to your earlier statements about like, how do people not understand what the world is like today in their mobile apps? They prevented people from taking screenshots and, and short videos that <laughs> you would normally share in, in, in social media be like, holy smokes, check out this cool film that I just watched or, oh, check out this funny, you know, screenshot that I took. It's yeah, like they just look at it as, or, Yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, nobody's going to, you know, pirate your, your five minute video one screenshot at a time. Let's just be honest there. They just did everything they could uh, wrong and they raised like $2 billion. That's billion with a B to, to launch this thing. And, and uh, now it's dead. Oof. Wow. All right. I'm not, to be honest, I'm not even sure it even came to Canada. I don't, I don't remember he- hearing anything promoting it here. Well, that's kind of the problem, isn't it? Well, yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> no, but I remember, let's say I listened to a few podcasts that are focused on media and, uh, you know, how things are working in, and it's based on the United States and they were talking about it and just, you know, not in glowing terms, Right. but I never heard anything up here about it at all, which makes me think it probably never even came. Right. You know, something right. that's, that's back from the dead though, is the, uh, the Animaniacs who have their mm-hmm. official trailer for their return to Hulu. Mm-hmm. 
is, is, is great. Um, it is a little weird seeing their show in full HD in a 16 mm-hmm. by 9 ratio instead of, you know, standard definition and a 4 by 3, almost a square kind of ratio. But it, it's really nice to see uh, that they've, uh, you know, they've brought back the original voice cast, at least for the, the main characters, plus Pinky and the Brain. So it's, yep. it's looking like a lot of fun. I'm, I'm enjoying this so far. Yeah. And the trailer is it's funny, too, just because, again, it's it has always been a product of its era. It very much was sort of 1990s ish. And now when you see the trailer and they're talking about, you know, very contemporary things, it's kind of a weird crossover of, of what you're familiar with from the past is now in the present. Nice. Hmm, interesting. Can't wait. Love that show. Is that, and that's where Pinky and the Brain started? Didn't they spin yeah. off into its own show or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's sort of weird how you have that lineage, right? That like the, the Pinky and the Brain show did run for quite a while, I think, mm-hmm. as its own, its own spinoff. Yeah. Yeah, they did well because first it was Animania, or first it was Tiny Toons, and then it was Animaniacs, and then it was Pinky in the Brain, and then it was Pinky Elmira in the Brain. Um, yeah, it's uh, and I have all of them on DVD here because I'm that guy, mm-hmm. but uh, as you say, it's uh, not exactly high quality restorations of those given all things considered. All right, thank you, up, John. Yep, next up, a bit of a surprise Jared Leto is returning to his role as the Joker in Zack Snyder's Justice League Snyder Cut for HBO Max. Right. Uh, he wasn't in the film initially. He had played the Joker in Suicide Squad and that right. is his, his only portrayal of the Joker and he has since been sort of superseded as the Joker by Joaquin Phoenix who of course won the Oscar this year for Best Actor as uh, as the Joker with the Joker film. So very kind of surprising that he sort of uh, is, is coming back and playing this part for this what is now essentially a television movie kind of a strange twist that I don't think I saw them doing. I heard really? that they're, you know, they're bringing back some of the cast to do reshoots. They're, you know, they're going to do a whole thing. They're going to tie it into some of the other movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's a strange one that he would choose to come back given that they sort of had moved on from him. Mm. So, so you're saying, you said like a TV movie. So you mean because it's not going to go into theaters because of the current situations? Or? No, it was always, uh, it was always intended to be a very... Uh, high-profile new addition to HBO Max. They had because this is basically, they had done the Justice League movie, Snyder had done part of it, then he quote-unquote left the the product, or project. He went on to uh, he had family family issues and everything else. Basically, he was forced out. And it was finished by Joss Whedon, and they apparently did some reshoots, and they wrote out, you know, different storylines and stuff like that. And so then there had been this clamoring, because Justice League turned out to be not very well-received. Hey, what would Snyder's film have look like and so there was always this it, where's the Snyder Cut where's the Snyder Cut so HBO uh, which now uh, has this great product said hey why don't we sink some money into getting Snyder getting the action back together and turning this thing into this you know event film so they're going to do it I think what did they say Jaime is it like an hour an hour a week for four weeks or something like that or two hours over two nights or something yeah it's it's more like a limited series than it is a movie anymore at that point from the way yeah. they, they describe especially given the way they describe distributing it. Well, yeah, it says here it's a four-episode event series next year. So I guess they're going to, uh, yeah, going to break break up the movie from being a four-hour movie into four one-hour episodes. But yeah, so interesting that they're doing this in the first place. Interesting that they're bringing back the actors to do different parts to tell the story differently. And now interesting that they're bringing in, you know, you could make the argument that Gerald Lutton, I don't know if he's an A-list star, but he's pretty close if he's not. I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, had a pretty 
pretty um, prodigious career in Hollywood. I, I'm interesting that he would a want to do it and b that they are going to revive his version of this character, which is sort of in the past now. Next up, Jack Nicholson will be back playing the uh, Joker. Yeah, I was a little confused because I thought, all right, you know, the the Snyder cut. All right, so they're they're going to take existing film and then uh, you know maybe all right, well here's something where we had an animatic. Let's let's go ahead and actually spend the money to to create the full CGI and maybe a few reshoots of like, hey, you know, it would be nice to to make this make sense if we actually had that particular uh, sub scene done. This feels more like let's just redo like seventy five percent of it. <laughs> We're adding in characters who weren't even in the original movie. That, that's it seems less like a cut and and more like uh, like a remake because like like imagine like we, we keep joking about a new Blade Runner cut, but it's never like hey, guess what? Harrison Ford is signed up to shoot some new scenes for, for the, the yet another cut. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just noticed at the bottom of the story, there's also a headline saying that um, Ghostbusters Afterlife that had been delayed this summer because of COVID. It had initially been delayed till spring. They were going to put it out in March. Now it's coming out in June. So there's a little PS, uh, a little PS bit of news too. So more movies shifting around. Again, it doesn't sound like you're going to really need to go to the movie theater until next summer at the earliest. And even then, we'll see. Right. And the next one I've got up here is that uh, just came out of Blog To. I think last just a few days ago actually. Um, that uh, Discovery, no surprise of anybody, is returning to filming in Toronto in next month, which is kind of interesting because I know that uh, I have some friends who are, we have a relative actually who works mm-hmm. in, in the industry, um, and they're they're doing the whole safe practicing thing, and he gets tested practically every day and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And um, but they're coming back to Toronto. They, they actually filmed just south of where I live. There's like a whole bunch of large um, what do you call those um, uh, sound stages? Sound yeah. stages. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Where they where they film this stuff, and yeah, yeah. So they're coming back um, next month in November to to start filming again. So which is good. Which I, I kind of wondered, like you know, we're, we're going to talk about the episode in a few minutes, but it's almost like that episode could have been done in COVID sets because there wasn't a whole lot of mind you, there was some walking around and outside kind of stuff, but um, a lot of it was sort of in small, like, almost like acts, if you will, today, right? But it's good to see they're coming back. Which run yeah, you'll have, you have to wonder if they were if they're going to do much. I don't know how much they do outside of those sound stages. Obviously, the sound stages have you know the bridge and the engineering department, all all the stuff that's you know all the crew quarters and stuff that they shoot repeatedly i wonder what they do outside of that here in the gta and how much they will do i mean this season we've already seen some pretty spectacular vistas for the first couple episodes which all of which are iceland clearly um but yeah it'll be interesting to see uh if they're going to do anything like that here well spoilers kids this is the part of the show where we actually are going to talk about star trek discovery season three episode two far from home and uh leading off on the recap is jaime lopez jr take it away yeah, I'll, I'll start off by saying I couldn't help but think <laughs> that see the uh, season three, episode three, would be like homecoming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just given the match with the uh, the Spider Man uh, movie name. Yeah, um, but it is applicable in this episode. We'll we'll talk about why. So we start uh, right at the very beginning. That uh, you know the the Discovery crew is uh, is not having a good time as they're we get to see them coming through the time uh, wormhole. Uh, they 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 straight up look like they're dead or at least passed out. The Discovery is. Uh, you know, coming, you know, out flying hot from that time wormhole and 
they're just getting rocked by uh, by rocks debris that is in the in their path and uh, eventually they start coming to uh, Saru helping to, to to rouse people uh, taking his his place in in command and uh, they try to figure out well what are we going to do uh, Kevin and fast like all right you know maybe we can use a thermal roll to let the shields take some of the brunt work and and maybe slow them down a bit and see if they can hit something you know like an iceberg <laughs> that's right ahead um you know they you got a little uh little bit of an action scene that it's it's hard to describe in words go check out the 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 episode it's 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 pretty good apologies tim it sounds like maybe you missed part of it uh, i did yeah thanks to rogers yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the basic idea is, you know, they they come crashing into uh, into the century, um, and but they do survive the uh, the crash. The the crew is is clapping for for Detmer, who's at the con, uh, but she's experiencing shock. Like she is definitely not okay, right? She's got kind of that that quiet yet ringing sound that you would normally see when somebody experiencing shock in like a war movie and a grenade just went off or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the crew assesses the situation, you know, power systems comms just everything is is shot to heck uh and uh so they they, they get to it they're like right you know we we, we got to get stuff back up and running and uh saru's got a plan of like all right everybody you're gonna pair up until you know we figure out what's going on let everybody else know what's going on that you run across and uh gonna go survey the damage um and and while he's doing that um Tilly is explaining that, hey, you know, there are person-made structures on the planet, um, and uh, it looks like there, you know, there could be some life here. So that's kind of their first hint that, you know, their their mission to uh, to prevent control from destroying all life, you know, it looks like they've been successful. We saw the other sort of part of that when Michael Burnham was, like, full of all of the emotion when she realized that there was, uh, there was life, you know, so far here in the future. Uh, this is around the time that uh, Giorgio was walks in with uh with some leland on her shoes uh some some gross Ooh. stuff she's like you know yeah somebody had to make sure he was dead i wasn't just gonna be so yeah i, I need to recap on that because i compl- i got the reference but i couldn't remember the reference um so he, she was fighting him in the uh like the spore uh, the spore drive room and mm-hmm. ended up trapping him in something that like demagnetized him or something of that nature it basically made him like decompose or almost melt and that's the last we saw but apparently she was like cool here's his pile of body i'm just gonna stomp a mud hole in him (laughs) just make sure he's dead (laughs) basically the thing that i would do in like any horror movie like oh jason has fallen down it's like i'm just gonna stab him in the head a few times and then you know burn him you know i'm not gonna just walk away and just assume everything's gone to plan Giorgio, she she doesn't play like that yeah it was pretty nasty she had all over her boots and then all over the front of her uniform too yeah yeah And, and she immediately comes in like you know understands what's going on with the situation is like we got to get comms going and and you know get, get somebody out there we got to figure out what's going on with michael and so was like whoa, whoa whoa slow your roll i i understand your concern but we've already got a plan here we've got a way that we're going to go about this organized and basically says well, we they, they still don't know that she's the emperor either at this point right uh, uh some of them do yeah and yeah. saru does i believe yeah right is he senior staff yep. uh, and he's just like dude we, we can't spare an engineer biatch but like with nicer words you know <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> right Right. basically get, 
get on my face here. Like we, we've got a plan. Don't try to mess it up here. Uh, we, we move over to see, um, Dr. Culber bringing Stamets out of the, uh, the medically induced coma, given he was injured, uh, prior to going through the wormhole. Uh, and they have a nice little moment as, uh, as both doctor and patient and as a couple, which I thought was real nice. Um, and, uh, uh, Detmer is okay, I guess. I mean, she gets cleared by, by a doctor, but it's also still kind of clear from what we've seen of her that she's not acting quite right. And, and, and Colbert like smiles as he walks past her thinking like, oh, she's going to say hi or say, oh, okay, I guess she's just going to walk right past that She's like clearly kind of out of it. Um, uh, George O talks to Tilly about the comm situations. They just don't have the right materials to repair their, uh, transtator. I think it was called. Is that right? Transtator. Um, uh, but, uh, going along the lines of what Tilly was able to find out about the planet. So, um, she sees that there's a settlement that has 50 life signs and, and weirdly hypothetically warp capable ships, but they, they don't have dilithium, which is odd for the discovery crew. Cause they don't know what we know, right? Like we knew from the, the first episode of the season that the burn has happened. And that's why those ships don't have dilithium. It's, it's a very rare commodity now, right? As we saw in the first episode. Um, so, so again, Saru uh, taking charge as captain, acting captain is like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're, we're going to try to maintain the prime directive if possible. We probably, you know, maybe somehow gone to the future. We might also be in the past. So we don't know if we might impact things with, with our past knowledge. We don't know if, they, if we're effectively people from the future and impact, you know, knowledge that way. And even if we did end up in the future and, and everything is, is great, we still don't know how people are going to react to us, right? So let's just, you know, try to maintain a low profile as possible. Giorgio um, just comes in, throwing everyone under the bus, <laughs> completely yeah. unhappy with his situation, very clearly bristling at, at, at not having the authority here. Um, but, uh, you know, again, Saru's just like, look, Tilly and I are going to go do some reconnaissance, figure out what's going on. Uh, Nan, which was the uh, the crewman from the Enterprise, the one who had the, the little weird breathing apparatus, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to lead the EPS uh, repairs for uh, the power systems. And uh, Giorgio is supposed to focus on getting comms back up and running because they're not going to be able to talk to anyone at all, including Michael Burnham, if they don't get the comms figured out. So I've thrown in a sidebar here. Um, while I was watching the show, I took a break and, and, and dialed in uh, Memory Alpha to find out. So we've heard we've heard the re- reference fixing. In fact, they said both of them. They said we have to fix the EPS conduits and the EPS relays. And we hear that term a lot. In fact, uh, what was his name? Rutherford? What was the name of the Rochester? What was the guy in the lower deck? Uh, yeah, right, Rutherford. Samantha Rutherford. Yeah, so he, yep. so he said oh, he he was singing a song about rotating the EPS conduits or whatever. So I took a second to because they talk about plasma relays in Enterprise and they talk about EPS stuff in in Voyager and a few other shows and DS Nine and that kind of stuff, right? And and there's examples on this page of, of when when they're referenced and what they're referenced about. Um, so EPS relays, or EPS and plasma relays are the same thing, um, but apparently it's how the the power is sent throughout the entire spaceship or starship or whatever. So that's what the EP, that's why they always have to keep rotating those EPS conduits and fixing those EPS relays and stuff. Anyway, carry on. Sorry, sidebar. Yeah, no worries. Um, so we we end up with uh, Stamets and Jet Reno in engineering. Uh, the one thing I hadn't noted was that uh, Stamets was told by Dr. Culber, like, look, you, you really should spend like three days just resting and healing just given the trauma that happened to you or at a minimum, like a full day 
interesting if you wanted to have like horrible scarring and, and not a good time. Uh, but he wasn't listening to any of that. He's, you know, trying to be, you know, uh, not helpless, but try to be a hero, right? And, and help do what he does best. And that's that's engineering. So uh, he goes over and, and the engineering is talking about, you know, solving this problem. And uh, Jet Reno is like, look, like, so we're working together, right? He's like, no, I didn't see we were doing that. Look, we're supposed to, to pair up. And if uh, if Hazmat here who's cleaning up the uh, <laughs> the Leland goon and Mr. Hazmat there is like, my name is Gene. She's like, I, I've already forgotten that. So <laughs> just moving on, uh, yeah. th- you know, th- these two need to, to team up and, and solve the problem. Uh, we end up cutting over to Saru and Tilly, who've uh, gotten into their, their recon gear, their, their laying low sort of uh, outfits. And they head out into the, the chilly unknown. And, you know, on this walk uh, to the settlement, Tilly just sort of starts chit-chatting a lot and revealing that, uh, you know, sorry, I, I talk when I'm scared and Saru, you know, he, he knows something about fear, right? But he's like, look, I, I expect people to feel fear uh, in my crew, but uh, for this case, for the mission, I, I need you to contain that. And you do that. Like, yeah. And she's like, why did you bring me? And he's like, well, I need an engineer and more specifically one that I can trust, right? And, and you know, he seems to trust not only her capabilities, but her, you know, ability to to be a, a proper crewman for what he's going to need. And, you know, there's an opportunity there for, for first contact. They they see a guy, a mysterious shadowy guy, and they're like, all right, I guess we're, we're, we're going to go say hello to that guy. Um, Back on the ship, back on the Discovery, uh, Giorgio and Nan discuss this uh, this weird ice thing. And it's like, oh, uh, as it turns out, it is parasitic ice that's uh, going to start eating away and destroying the hull. And by the way, uh, it gets worse in the shade. So with nighttime coming up, like they're going to be boned, right? They, they got a, a ticking clock here to get through the problem. And they, they walk through uh, through the decks and, uh, you know, have a little chit chat. And Nan talks about how uh, she came here for Arium and, and, uh, and that's why she's there. And, and you know, there Joe's like, well, you know, Section 31, they would have asked me to, to take over. And I don't like the bureaucratic life. I prefer jumping from universe to universe, right? <laughs> and she ends up, and I don't believe this is paid off in this particular episode. And correct me if I'm wrong. She, uh, or Joe ends up pairing up with Linus, the, the weird guy who sneezed on somebody in, in season two. Yeah. yeah uh, Linus the Saurian. Thank you. The Saurian, um, who apparently has an enormous visible spectrum, 65,000 nanometers, I think he said was the mm-hmm. spectrum. So uh, that hasn't paid off yet, or or maybe I missed something subtle, so perhaps something in the future. No, she she does talk to him and she sort of pulls him aside. And there's another little reference there later on where she's, you know, somebody sort of says, you know, oh, you know, did you actually think she was going to do what she was told after that scene? But you never really get a payoff on that one. So I don't know if that's still coming or where that where that is. Right, right. Uh, so we're back with, with Saru and Tilly and they're like, well, so those are blaster marks uh, that we can see in this this little settlement is is this person this mysterious person leading us into a trap and they they follow him through what turns out to be one of those transporter doors that sort of zips them into a completely different spot uh, up on the cliff i think uh that leads into a bar so they got a space bar and people are getting kind of edgy space bar space bar right i mean it's it's like a saloon <laughs> it's like an old western saloon but with like space stuff yep uh and uh people get a little edgy a little nervous kind of cleaning the bar a little weirdly and then guns are drawn and they're like, yo, we saw the Starfleet ship. Who the heck are you? They're like, well, dude, you just said it. Like, we're Starfleet. It's like, no, 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 no. Anybody could have that sort of stuff, right? Like, you need to prove that you're Starfleet. And so he's like, all right, well, here's Starfleet, you know, very specific regulation. They're like, we're supposed to be presentable and, and present ourselves as we are. And they're like, all right, that, that does sound like a Starfleet sort of regulation. 
it doesn't sound like somebody just remember that for funsies. Um, and we meet a, a person named Cal, uh, who's who's interested in helping them out. He's kind of, um, you know, as it turns out, he's kind of always believed that Starfleet would come. And we'll talk about that in the future and what that means for his his character. Um, and Saru sort of starts out like, uh, yo, uh, our ship was adrift and we actually don't know the name of the planet we're on. And Cal's like, well, it doesn't really have a name, but uh, we refer to it as the Colony. And uh, he's worried about this this Zara character. And the crew is like, well, so, so who's uh, who, who, and who is Zara? Why, why are you so concerned about them? And uh, by the way, well, we have dilithium so we can help each other, right? People are calling, oh, oh, dilithium. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do a trade. We move over to uh, to Stamets and Reno who are disagreeing on on who should fix the blown relay that's kind of up in the in the rafters in, in an inconvenient location. And uh, Stamets, again, we mentioned it's like, you know, this is a person who, who went through some serious trauma. And Jet Reno is like, no way, my spine is all jacked up from that crash. So <laughs> it's not going to be me that's doing it. So he's like, look, dude, just like admit you're in pain and accept things are. It's tough being helpless. Yeah, but let's go on. He's Stamets not having none of that. He's got to go be the hero. He's going to go into that Jeffrey's tube, uh, you know, his health be darned. And uh, we uh, we come back over to the, the, the space bar and uh, Cal is like surprised at how old Discovery's, uh, you know, as a starship seems to be, given that uh, they need help repairing this uh, this transtator device. And he's uh, using apparently programmable matter to knit repairs for the comms, which is kind of a cool bit of tech that, uh, you know, until they obviously didn't know what it was because it's it's such advanced technology. Um, and here's where we talk about that Cal said, you know, he always believed that uh, that Starfleet would come and, and help and, and save them. Yeah, and the programmable matter is interesting because that we talked about that during the last episode, right? That was clearly what was happening with the, um, oh, what was his name? The, the man who was waiting around for Burnham and, and Starfleet to turn back up. No, the... Um, Shayla? Sheila? Something? It's in our notes. We'll have to go backwards here. Hang on. Yeah, it was... Uh, so the bigger point is that he was basically... Uh, his bed would appear and disappear. His toothbrush would appear and disappear. His desk would... The, all he had to do was sort of wave his hand over his desk and stuff would appear. And that was sort of the big, like, oh, well, what is this? Like, how is he how is he doing that? So now we actually have uh, a term for it, right? We understand what it is we're looking at. Yeah, it, it feels like like super advanced nanomachines sort of technology. Yeah. Um, so, so here they end up talking about, like, you know, why is this Zara causing so much fear? And uh, apparently he, he took advantage of the community as a courier, like, he killed the, the original courier and is just, like, uh, exploiting them, extracting whatever he can from them because they're they're stuck, right? They, like, can't really get off that planet and they, they live on a rough planet that uh, requires, you know, certain materials to survive. Um, and the, I don't remember if it was uh, Saru or Tilly, they're like, uh, why hasn't the Federation intervened and helped? And they're like, dude, where are you from? What are you talking about? Why is the Federation help? They're like, basically a non-factor, right? Again, pointing out how, how they know so little about what's changed. Uh, and around that time is when Zara shows up with his posse. Um, he doesn't recognize the USS Discovery. He does know that it is uh, a ship called the Discovery, right? And uh, he also noticed the timey-wimey particle emissions and uh, noticed that the Discovery folks couldn't do a very simple, basic repair. So he's hinting very strongly at, like, he knows what's up, right? He knows that these are time travelers. That's why they, they can't do things that, like, uh, you know, us modern folks can do and, and 
you know, why they saw those particular emissions that I'm sure they teach every school kid in like elementary school, like, hey, this is what uh, time travel is sort of thing. Um, Cal ends up, you know, getting torture beamed to death. I don't know how else to describe this thing as it has kill settings, but also torture settings, which seem agonizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty nasty. The way like it looked like a pretty horrible way to go. He yeah. just doesn't kill him. He makes him burn. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, the, the posse starts talking about like, like, you know, well, maybe they could uh, take this one's head and, uh, you know, uh, this is an autocorrect error. Tilly's hair, you know, it might be worth something. Yeah. Right. And I should mention, they're saying this to each other in this uh, untranslated language. Like, we, we see the, the subtitles we're watching at home. Um, but Saru is like, yeah, yo, could you uh, could you keep it to the common dialect so you know, everybody knows what's going on? And Saru's like, yo, any Vidresh captain worth their salt, which Vidresh was the, uh, their term for federation that had been you know like a corrupted term at that point you know any vidrash captain would you know worth their salt would know this pigeon language so uh you must be new what's uh what's going on with that um, and he knows that the discovery has to get off the ground before the parasitic ice crushes the hull so there's uh there, there's some problems here in this uh this whole setup for them and uh he's like all right tell you what here's what we're gonna do uh tilly is gonna go out there in the dangerous time and she's gonna go fetch the dilithium while they while they wait here right like that's how the the trade is going to happen and uh, it's going to be dangerous right because uh it, the nighttime is rapidly rapidly falling um we switch over to reno jet reno and stamets fixing the the, the ship and and how uh, you know uh, things are, are 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 going on over there and he's uh crawling through the jeffrey's tube like very painfully so while reno has one of her little drones sort of flying in front of him so she can keep an eye on, on what's going on uh, while she's you know on her chair with her her broken back or uh you know at least uh, uh strained back and uh, we go back to the space bar where uh the posse has found Giorgio and they, they throw her into the bar right and and so she's joined the fray and uh you know she starts talking some smack they've, they've got her guns on her and she's like yo you you stupid idiots she's talking to the posse here you're the ones who are gonna die and like, why do you know why you're gonna die because your competitors also know the big ship falling out of the sky and they're on their way that's why your uh, your leader here is so worried about getting to move on real fast right and uh, and Giorgio gets torture beamed here uh, she doesn't die it seems like it's more on the torture than the kill setting here uh, but she and, and Saru have a little you know wink wink nudge nudge sort of moment and Saru, you know, tells Tilly very quietly, that he, uh, you're going to need to go hide behind the bar there. And then he and Giorgio proceed to go kick some ass <laughs> and take some names there. And uh, and they've, they've beaten up the, the the posse or killed some of them, depending on, on who we're talking about. And Giorgio's like, all right, cool. I'm going to go shoot this dude. And Saru's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, uh, that's not who we are, right? You're going to have to stand down, right? And whoops, daylight is gone. So uh, we, got, we got problems here because things are going to get worse for the discovery crew and uh speaking of the discovery it's uh we're seeing the exterior and it's getting it's getting pretty icy with that parasitic ice and uh 
Emmett's is just suffering. Like he's clearly starting to bleed out from that uh, that injury that he had. He's just in all sorts of pain. And uh, Reno calls over Dr. Culver. He's like, yo, I'm going to need you to help him finish this task. Like you and I are going to have to like really encourage him to do what he needs to do here. And uh, uh, I didn't write it down here, but I think he does. We'll come back to that later. Yeah, he, he basically, they, he's going through and he has to like, she's walking him through, pull this thing out, push this thing back in. As soon as she does, it like it's like the somebody flips on a light switch it actually fixes the ship yeah yeah and, and then yeah and then uh that's when she she says good job bobcat <laughs> and uh Culver says bobcat and she says i don't know i'm on drugs <laughs> right I'm on a lot of drugs here yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're back in the bar there's still the tense standoff over what to do with zara and uh tilly goes and like you know western style knocks him out with some <laughs> with some beer bottles and jojo is like all right hands over her gun is like all right we're not gonna kill this dude right now and uh but, but a little interesting tension there like she's pushing oh yeah Saru for the whole episode and at, she has the gun drawn on his face at one point and is just you just trying to get a gauge on is he gonna blink is he gonna is he weaker than he well, sees? he's she, he his food where she comes from well that's right right yeah, like she, has, she doesn't have a lot of respect for him as is nor his species clearly having eaten some of them but she is through the whole episode but particularly in that moment she's waiting for him to blink and just cave to her being this sort of very dominant uh an aggressive person and he doesn't it's great it's a really cool moment for saru he's like no we're we this is who we are we are not backing down and i'll you know right. i'll take that gun from you if i have to right right so for this this uh next character i wrote not cal because i really miss his name how are you you wrote down in the notes it's I, in, I did. Uh, I, how I do did. you think that's pronounced I, i'm just gonna forgive the apostrophe and say oh sir yeah okay. oh sir so not cal is oh sir um so oh sir uh the remaining colonist there is is given the choice of what to do with sarah and he's like all right well uh we're gonna give him uh, your pack tilly and we're gonna send him out to walk the icy path he's like what the hell dude like he's like that's just as good as killing me i won't last five minutes out there he's like dude you were gonna send her out there you go start yeah. getting walking right um, so uh, Zara's heading off there and, uh, Osir gives the crew a personal transport and says, yo, welcome to the future. Um, and, and uh, thankfully the discovery is okay. You know, given what's work that Stamets and Reno had done, you know, power's all coming back and everything, but, uh, kind of unclear if, uh, if Detmer's okay. She still seems a little, a little out of it from that, uh, that initial sort of crash situation, the, the, the time warp situation. The discovery is trying to get off the ground. It's clearly, as they note, like we know the ship's not meant to lift off the ground like this. It is a spaceship. Um, but let's, let's do our best to get up there and uh, the ice is growing and sort of resisting them like this weird live uh, live vine creature almost sort of thing and they were like oh no there's like another ship right on top of us uh, get the shields going sorry shields aren't coming back for like another 30 seconds and this tractor beam has got their hull and lifts them up and they're left with this tense moment like, all right what are we gonna do and again following along that theme of George O, who very clearly like with her eyes was like we shoot them right <laughs> like we don't know who these people are they're a danger just shoot them first we will survive and that's not how saru works he's like right hail them let's see what's going on and boy almighty we uh, we feel the burn yet again as we see uh michael burnham with uh with her long hair now and she's so excited she's like i've been looking for you guys for such a long time and uh you know i uh, i landed here a year ago so now we know definitive we had speculated last week you know maybe how long it would be 
given you know her very short hair when she landed and her very long hair now but Mm -hmm. there we go the the crew reunited again as uh the the time difference meant that that michael has now spent a year here in the future were you guys surprised at all that that it was her did you guys when they were caught in a tractor beam did you think that it was her or did you for for a second i did but it was kind of like i was kind of say like the it was kind of a weak ending in my opinion like like they could have gone so many other directions they could have like dragged this out for a few more weeks or whatever mm-hmm. you know like they did that with spock last year they they just kept dragging things on and on right um mm-hmm. you know the mm-hmm. whole search for spock thing theme that they had last last season but um yeah i don't know i don't i don't know if it necessarily needed to be burnham coming in and mind you it's the old trope of star wars they have to solve the, the main problem in 40 minutes right uh, yeah. which they did by her lifting them up out of the ice but uh and to her have her big smiley beamy face at the end i thought was i don't know it was kind of not they, they could have handled the reunion in a much different way right yeah i mean it was a little anticlimactic yeah yeah given how quickly as you say how quickly it happened and also that um you know you could have had her appear in a much more dramatic you know she's the one that walks into the bar you know what i mean like yeah. it could have been something a little more dramatic i guess we're supposed to assume that we thought that the ice the parasitic ice was going to kill them like that didn't seem like it was a real thing so yeah you're right it was it was a little bit predictable but mm-hmm. uh, but still, I mean, I guess it's good to get them back together in pretty short order. When you do have a tight season with only you know, 14 episodes, you can't spend too much time keeping the star of the show away from the rest of the supporting. Oh, actors. that's true. Yeah, she has to make an appearance, I guess. Right. Yeah. 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 Speaking, speaking of making appearances, I just know, I noticed that Sarah Minich had a walk on role, she, like, you know, Lieutenant Nilsson. She oh, walks yeah. on and talks to Jet Reno for a second and then she's gone. Yep. You know, uh, she she was the one that played. She played the augmented human in the first season and then they when, when she got when she basically sacrificed herself they they brought the actress back in a new role but yeah um, but interesting inter- interesting like you know um story here with the with jack weber playing the bad guy you know yeah, he, yeah. he does that pretty well and he i think he was a husband in the medium as well but yep. he's been yep. in a, he's a, he's another one of those actors who's around a lot of different things and yeah he's, all, what, all, he's what's called a that guy oh i know that guy yeah that guy yeah 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 him yeah, yeah jay weber's been around for 25 years in like a lot of great parts just yeah. doing little bits and pieces. As soon as he spoke, I was like, that guy looks familiar. And as soon as he spoke, I'm like, oh, it's Jake Weber. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew who it was as soon as he walked in the door. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same same sort of thing. It, it, interesting story. But again, like, but that whole, you know, like, what do you call it? Space bar, the Western, sort of the, the Western bar, motif yeah. with the, the half hung doors and, oh, yeah. you know, the they, they doors, swagger yeah. in and, and everybody everybody looks at them and, you know, reaches for their gun kind of thing, you know. Oh, right, right down to the fact that uh, Zara is wearing spurs. Like, like he's yeah he's literally wearing he jangles in there like mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like somebody please explain to me why you need spurs in the 32nd yeah. century like, yeah 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 was he for riding horse, a space horse to get horse. there exactly exactly yeah yeah uh strange um I, I i i had to make a note that the whole first scene that whole first from the you know opening beginning straight through to the opening credits is all discovery crashing mm-hmm. um but of course miraculously they didn't actually die they crashed and and i, I just wrote down oh it's the troy maneuver yeah um, exactly yeah exactly <laughs> that's what i was thinking when i because had a crash a so, uh, federation starship but not that so as we alluded to like my pvr didn't start recording so i i flipped on the channel like you know two or three minutes into the show and like it's literally the discovery skidding to a halt on this planet i'm like yeah okay we've seen that before they even did it in lower decks right because they had the instead of uh skidding it rolled right yeah yeah <laughs> the saucer section right yep yeah. um and just 
some other notes. Like it was really nice to see the interplay between Stamets and Culber again. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, we, we had the sort of ups and downs. They sort of started with a little bit in, in season one, and then of course Culber dies, and then yeah, um, and he miraculously recovers. Miraculously back. comes Lazarus, back, and, yeah. but then he's kind of traumatized. He's not really himself till towards the end of the season. So right. to see the two of them being both clearly in love with one another, and then just there's really good chemistry just as actors between those those two performers. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of scenes. That first scene where he's like, you know, you I'll let you out of the bio bed, or I'll 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 sign off on your discharge as long as you can say what is it? Uh, Some really long thing, yeah. As long as you can spell yeah, like, it. So not only know yeah, the laundry, but spell it. Let, let me out of this, or my my boyfriend let me out of this bed, and all I got was a stupid T-shirt. Yeah. yeah it uh, again, those two are great. I, I really like their chemistry and i really enjoy the scenes between the two of them mm-hmm. um the yeah i really like the you know georgia saru dynamic because that's the one thing that really is gonna be an interesting play out over the course of the season is uh who's in charge who's in charge saru is the acting captain mm-hmm. but the ship is filled with commanders so mm-hmm. you know i think we all assume that at some point burnham will become the captain that mm-hmm. seems like a logical destiny but it'll be interesting to see how these things happen and sort of the gives and takes and pushes and pulls and and sort of you know will saru recognize that he you know he needs to be the captain and just become the captain will he defer to burnham will they get pushed by georgia like there's there's some interesting dynamics there that, that will be interesting to see how they play out um happy to see linus the saurian that made me laugh as soon as he, as soon as he showed up i started laughing i was like yeah linus made it Woo! linus is in the future mm-hmm. um and yeah the personal transporter i'm glad they got the personal transporter so that you know so now we've got a few of those so i'm interested to see how they can use that as a storytelling you know now you don't have to be like beam us out they could just like and go yeah that'd be kind of cool they got the uh the scooby-doo hallway sort of chase <laughs> yeah as they're zipping back and forth and moving to these impossible places yeah and and uh and tilly um i love her so much she's such a great actor she's so funny she's so charming and she so grounds the show um to have her both sort of you know be a little shell-shocked but also sort of finding her courage and stuff like that again and she's she's just a delight and it was really nice to have her back in my life i'm happy to have her um but yeah i think it is surprising how quick we sort of got through these first two episodes and how quick we were sort of back to a new status quo of you know okay so now they're going to catch up with burnham she's got a year under her belt of this new existence and what does that mean and where does it go mm-hmm. um it'll be interesting to see how they how they move this forward because the goal isn't go back right right right, right. well right. they can't go back i mean remember i said there was technology that they have they've never explained how they got it and and yeah and it never existed in the other star trek so well and yeah. the, the whole idea is that it, that discovery is basically going to be like wiped from the from the history books they they wanted yeah. that right like there's yeah. no history of where they went or why they went or anything else and it That's was classified convenient. before that yes exactly so it's basically like we we were here but we're not and we're gone and nobody can ever talk about us again so that yeah. Way yeah we can go through all the stories of star trek without somebody saying remember the discovery um but yeah it'll be interesting to see you know how the season plays out is the goal now uh figure out what the burn was what's going on with the dilithium yeah um, you know are they going to try and you know reunite the federation are they going to try and connect with the you know starfleet of of lore mm-hmm. it, it'll be interesting to see how they play this forward right right yeah and i was pretty uh going along the things you're happy i was pretty happy to see saru kicking some butt here with those like spine things that he has oh, yeah. now that he's uh, e- uh yeah. not evolved he's matured into more matured, like an adult yeah. uh, kelpian and I, I think there's a little bit of an arc here for his character when you look back at the the different seasons and granted we 
we've just started this season, but he's, you know, he was the the fearful sort of wimpy mm-hmm. character in, in season one. Season two, he, he goes through the whole maturation process. And actually, we talked about how he was like the opposite. Like he was on steroids and he's like chugging beers and smashing the cans on his forehead, sort of like mm-hmm. rage monstering. And now it seems like he's gotten through that puberty mode where he's kind of evened out. He's like, you know, uh, a more solid person who's you know standing up to somebody like Giorgio, who is very uh, you know charismatic and intimidating and had yeah, a gun I'll, in his I'll, face. <laughs> I'll kick your kneecaps. It's kind of like the, the scene where, where the two of them are standing facing each other and she's like coming up to his belly button kind of thing. I was thinking like, yeah, yeah. she's fearsome. But, but it, 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 we didn't talk about the fact he uses his, his Kelpian defense mechanism at one mm-hmm. point against uh, Nick Weber with fires those spark. And, and as he's walking out of the, the bar, he's got the spikes still coming out of his forearms, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Saru has gotten himself into this area where he is you know, not wimpy, but also not uh, roid raging. So he, it seems like he's a nice, even, solid, strong character now. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Can we move on to our watch list? Sure. Yep. All right. So I mentioned the uh, um, first up for me the, is the next show, which is now on the air. Weirdly, though, they've only shown two episodes and there's no third episode scheduled, which I find very odd. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's about basically it's about a, a computer AI that's you know taking over sort of you know another Skynet kind of thing, but uh, very very well told and very interesting. But it's it's on regular TV, so like the, that's a stretch. And also on regular TV is War of the Worlds, which is a new show. Well, it seems to be new to us, but again, like like we talked about with you know syndicated stuff, it's from it's from 2019. Um, I think it's British because there's a lot of British actors in it. Um, some big names like the 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 actress who played the the mother on um, Downton Abbey, you know, the American the, the American wife that the Lord of the Abbey um, marries. You guys don't have no idea what I'm talking about. No, um, indeed. And, uh, and uh, oh, that guy from Miller's Crossing. Oh, I forget his name now. Irish actor. Gabriel Byrne. Byrne. Yes, Gabriel Byrne. He plays one of the characters and main characters in it. It's, it's you know, it's a retelling of, of the H.G. Wells, War of the Worlds kind of story, but sort of more modern pandemic-y kind of uh, take to it. Uh, so it's kind of kind of interesting. And the, the Star Trek I was talking about, um, uh, I stumbled across this the other day, and I just I, I thought I'd seen most of the um, Saturday Night Live Star Trek send-offs, but this one is called Star Trek V, The Restaurant Enterprise. And it's all about how, you know, Star Trek movie, Star Trek, the whole Star Trek Enterprise deal is done, and so they've turned the Enterprise into a revolving restaurant. Um, <laughs> you know, and Mr. Mr. Spock is one of the, one of the waiters, and uh, Captain Kirk is the manager of the... And it's actually William Shatner. Um, he play, you know, Kevin Nealon plays Spock, and and um, uh, Shatner plays uh, plays Kirk. Who plays Captain Kirk? And then um, Phil Herman plays Doctor McCoy. You know, and at one point somebody's choking, and and he says, "Can't you help him?" He goes, "Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor." Oh, hang on a second. <laughs> <And he laughs> does the Helmick maneuver on him? And Sulu's there, but Sulu's like put on weight, and they're they're joking about how he's he's getting heavier and all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty funny, yes. uh, short little thing. Um, and, and the classic one they did back in the day with. Jeff with uh, John Belushi as, as Kirk. It was pretty funny, but then Chevy Chase as Spock. Uh, one of my all-time favorites was the one where it was Shatner hosting. Yeah. It's the one where he roasts the Star, Star Trek fans. Oh, yeah, in the, in the audience, you mean? In the audience, yeah. that. Yeah. And, then, and then at the end, he's like, no, wait, I was just pretending to be evil Kirk from the Mirror episode. Oh, oh really? Oh, good, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen because he just tears into Star Trek fans for like four or five minutes, and you know that's what he really thinks. Well, he did. He 
he did do that. I mean, he did do that once where he, he I think it was, a, he famously said, you know, it's just a movie and like, what are you guys doing? And it was, it was probably like maybe 10 years into the, the whole phenomenon, you know. Of, that's, of, that's when he was high on that TJ Hooker money. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Maybe he thought he was, he was all that. And, and I think he's, he's, and, and Galaxy Quest is a bit yeah. Um, yeah. around that, built around that story too. Um, for those of you who haven't seen that or transporting at home. And last, my last pick here is The Right Stuff, which is, um, um, Tom Wolfe's story uh, was made into a movie by I think Oliver Stone back in the day um, but this is the retelling of the Mercury 7 which are the first uh, seven astronauts that uh, or they were basically test flight pilots who became astronauts um, you know John Glenn was among them and Gus Grissom and, and um, oh, I can't remember his name the guy who, the guy who actually went up first uh, but it's an interesting Armstrong? No, oh, no you mean the originals yeah uh, oh, crap he was he was the captain on uh, 14 I think Glenn Shepard. No, it was, it was um, Cooper Grissom. Cooper, Cooper. Um, Alan Shepard. Yeah, Alan Shepard. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. He's sort of one Alan of the main Shira, characters. I'm trying to remember them all. Alan Shepard is the first man who went up in a Mercury rocket, but John Glenn went up and orbited the Earth. He was that's why John Glenn gets all the glory. And plus, yeah. he was better looking guy and blah blah blah. He was much more presentable as a, as a you know space hero. But it's it's an interesting story about the whole sort of early early days of of uh, NASA. And it's like like literally the the kid runs into the room with the clipboard and he's like i'm looking for he walks into a room looks sees two guys in an empty room like empty warehouse with like a desk and you know their white shirts and their black ties and he kind of goes oh sorry wrong room and they he runs back out and they go hang on a second what are you looking for i'm looking for nasa and they're like yep you found it it was like literally a desk with two guys sitting <laughs> at it right when it first started yeah so it's kind of an interesting take i mean it i have i'm pretty sure i read the, the right stuff book but uh and and the movie was okay but it wasn't as good as the book so this seems to be a it's a serialized TV show, so it's going to be much more. And it's on, I want to say, is it on Disney or Apple TV? Plus. No, Disney Plus. Disney Plus, Disney Plus. Yeah, and it's and it's being it's being um, doled out one episode at a time, so you have to wait a week to get the next one and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But I guess that's that's the future of streaming TV, I guess, for yep. the big, big franchises. They'll, they'll, they'll give you a few or four shows and then get you hooked. Yep. But that's it for me. And speaking of serialized television... What's up next? Well, I'll do a, a real-time follow-up for you. It's Phil, Phil Kaufman. Phil, Philip Kaufman was the director and writer of um, the original White Stuff. There you go. Phil Kaufman famously, uh, he did um, Envision of the Body Snatchers, the 1980s version of Envision of the Body Snatchers. And yeah, he did all kinds of stuff. He's still alive, too. Yeah. Yeah. 83. Uh, yeah. The Wanderers, Unbearable Legends of Being. Yeah, he's he's a pretty well-known director. Anyway, my pick for this week is a no-brainer. Mandalorian Season 2. Sorry, Jaime. Mandalorian Season 2. Mm-hmm. Must-watch television oh yeah uh, is, i can't believe people are not watching the mandalorian can you believe there are people in this world who do not have not seen a single episode of i mean really like what kind of world are they living in <laughs> scraping together my pennies as i uh, you know i get my my cvs all access star trek discovery immediately which is is an advantage to the you know the privately paid system versus the socialized <laughs> sci-fi that y'all have we have to wait in line or something for your your disco but yes that, that's why i'm like i'm gonna get as much value as i can and and, and get Hamilton and all season, all two seasons of Mandalorian <laughs> and anything else that comes and, out. And that the behind the scenes thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 With one seven ninety nine so, or whatever it costs per month thing. So it's, you can watch it's solo whenever you want. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it again. Another, another eight episodes.
episode season starts on October 30th. So uh, by the time this airs, we do another one. And the next one airs, we probably will be right there. Um, season one was fantastic. It was really, really interesting. And it ended with a really sort of uh, interesting twist, uh, which I will not talk about here. And I'm looking forward to seeing where they go next with this. I mean, they've shown us a pretty good trailer. And uh, there's all kinds of possibilities for this sort of darker side of the of the Star Wars universe. And, and uh, I have I have nothing but faith in the people that are working at Dave Filoni, of course, famously worked on Clone Wars, where he really got into the Mandalorian stuff there. He worked on Rebels, where, again, he had a, a prime character who was a Mandalorian and really developed that there. And then John Favreau was, was the voice of one of the Mandalorians and worked on some of the episodes of Clone Wars, too. These guys love this world, and they are way into it. And they seem to have sort of carte blanche and have brought in some really talented actors and some really talented uh, filmmakers to tell these little like one hour mini movies and it's fantastic i i'm I, mm-hmm. I, I honestly i don't think there's anything i've been more excited for this year especially this year uh coming to television than this this is fantastic so i'm glad we're getting it and then of course they're going to dole it out week by week it starts on the 30th and it runs right through till the week before christmas so we will have to endure that but but the bad but, guy giancarlo esposito he seems yeah. to be in a lot of things these days as the bad guy oh he's you fantastic know, well i mean he was in the boys right rings. yes he the boys, is yes. uh yeah of course most well known of course for that for uh, breaking bad but um he was great in the boys and it'll be interesting to see if if he has sort of a different we really didn't get much of a taste of him until the end of the last season so it'll be interesting but to he's see in the he, trailer so he is and well and we, you know spoiler spoiler spoilers Jaime. sorry he <laughs> has a very special weapon that will be a very uh, interesting part of season two i think so yeah dying to get into that can't wait right, right. the other thing i've got on here is just it's a little conversation starter tim i sat and watched all of utopia last weekend which i know you recommended now having said that, it starts off well right it starts off really well yeah and you're like this is really interesting dark yeah. i was like way darker than i was expecting when you were like oh it's about a comic book and stuff and it gets really super dark yep. uh over the first few episodes and i was like eh, do i want to hang in with this really interesting performances mm-hmm. um some of it stretches um the premise a little bit like you know the main character is a bit of a monster and she does some pretty horrible things and then the monster does some pretty horrible things and it's it's pretty dark i don't know how i feel about it. i've been trying to process it since i watched it. i watched it uh, over the course of two days mm-hmm. and i certainly I found the ending it. really weak it was a very weak ending it very much like it it was just designed for like hey come back for season two yeah but it wasn't at all um satisfactory conclusion to a season like there's no way you could be like oh well you know if they don't come back for season two i'm good like it's completely just open-ended and it didn't there was no real like oh no it's it was just really kind of wimpy ending but that had they had that whole sort of deep underground conspiracy kind of vibe going for the first you know four or five episodes and then they kind of just and a few really good twists there was some stuff you didn't see like i'm you know i'm hard to like it's hard for me to not see stuff coming there was a couple couple of things in there where i was like oh i did not see that one coming yeah yeah um you know there's a couple of of, um you know deaths and a couple of just you know pretty dark moments where i was like they're they're not they're not going to really go there are they and they oh whoa they went there like yeah um but yeah i would say it's it's certainly worth a watch 
some interesting performances. Mm-hmm. Um, John Cusack, in particular, very very interesting uh, character that he gets to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what have you done to earn your place in this busy world? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say it's totally worth a watch. I think it will probably be interesting to see. I, I looked up to see if there is a guarantee for season two. There hasn't been renewal or anything yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's based on a series that was on BBC um, and it got canceled too. So <laughs> I thought about okay. disappointed events. Yeah. Um, and I guess I should have known because the, the show was done by um, the same person who wrote Gone Girl, um, was the showrunner for this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's, that story was really messed up too. So I guess it makes sense. Right. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say, you know, give it a try. I would recommend it enough for that. Oh yeah. Uh, Jillian Flynn. That's what I was trying to think of her name. Jillian Flynn. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's certainly worth a watch, especially because it's only eight episodes. It's a pretty tight little, little series, mm-hmm. but I will warn everybody. It is, it goes to some very dark places. Like it, I honestly, I thought it was more, I thought when I thought like, Oh, it's about a bunch of people who get together who are obsessed about a comic book. And then they discover this big grand conspiracy. I thought for sure it was going to be like, you know, not YA, but like a little higher than YA, but it is like a hard R. It is, yeah. it is a hard R. Like there's like brutal deaths and like pretty shocking violence and, um, and just some disturbing scenes. So go in with that in mind, but, but yeah, yeah. worth it. Cool. All right. And Jaime to wrap us up. Yeah. Mine isn't so much a watch as it is a read. So this is a little website called my, my Star Trek scrapbook two, um, on Blogspot, but it has some scans of the issue number 282 from 1988 of Mad Magazine and their spoof of Star Trek The Next Generation, or as they describe it in their, you know, uh, legally okay satire spoofy way, Star Blech, The Next mm-hmm. Degradation. Mm-hmm. And uh, if <laughs> it's worth a read, it, it is a, uh, an, a reminder that um, disapproving of new Star Trek series is, is you know, passed along. <laughs> Uh, generationally as uh you know uh, just like just like any particular thing and it's uh it's always been this way and it probably will continue to be that way and this is from the you know first season of the show um we can tell because tashi R is still here and they're <laughs> they're lampooning the fact that like man are these people kind of bland like they don't run around and punch people and yeah have sex with alien people um <laughs> and <laughs> and they did recognize some of the ridiculousness I'm going to just read the part for uh, Counselor Troy. It says, I'm Counselor Nirvana Floy, half human, half alien. I'm into psychic phenomena and ESP, which in my case stands for extra central proportions. And here's the zinger here. I can't explain it, but I feel things no one else feels, especially in crowded elevators. <laughs> just <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, they've, uh, again, even, even back in 1988, there was... Uh, there was concerns and doubt about is this Star Trek show and really Star Trek? It's it's not you know Spock and McCoy and Kirk sort of thing and uh, fun. Well, and it, it is a good reflection of what season one was like too, because I think there was a lot of people who were like, it's kind of Star Trek. It's hmm. still finding its footing, right? Like I I yeah. actually sat down a few years ago and started rewatching season one because Xavier took an interest in season one. And we watched a few episodes and I was like, damn, some of this is bad. Yes. Like, it's not yeah. good. It's not good at all. Like it's it's worse than you know. We rag on Star Trek the motion picture and some yeah. of those things, but damn, some 
of those first season episodes are damn near unwatchable. They're they're really bad. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, then they changed the doctor, and it got even worse, right? But, yeah, uh, yeah. You definitely got to sit your children down, and then when you introduce them to Star Trek, you'd be like, "Look, you're going to think some of this stuff is pretty good, right? Whatever this newest stuff is that you start with, and you may or may not have opinions on the bad stuff. I'm uh, sorry, the old stuff, but you're definitely going to think that newer stuff when you get older is bad, and your children will think you know newer stuff is bad, and their children, and so on and so forth until uh, time is is done, right? Until the until the heat yeah. death of the universe, this yeah. will continually be a thing. But this one, I think, was was pretty fun, and I, I kind of enjoyed some of their. This yeah, is a really old blog. How did you find this? I don't remember why this came up. Yeah, you're right. This is from uh, Wednesday, March second, two thousand eleven. I don't yeah. know. I had it in my list of uh, of things, and I felt it was appropriate to to rehydrate here, given that we're we're, we're talking about uh, mm. the new season of uh, a, a less new show, but still kind of you know fans are kind of wondering. I'm like, this is exactly what happened to TNG, which happened DS9, which happened in Voyager, which happened with Enterprise. And guess what? This is just the way uh, Trek fans are. I take it in good fun. Yep. I'm pretty sure I owned that magazine back in the day. Yeah, I think maybe I did too. Yeah. You maybe know why I Maybe I read yours. Really yeah. old. <laughs> I might have had this one, but given it came out in 88, I probably had it from like a used comic book store uh, mm. set up or something where it got like a whole bunch of Mad Magazines. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a, a scan of the cover, but I bet you if the cover was Star Trek stuff, I probably would have been attracted to it and be like, oh, we need to spend the 25 cents on this one. Hmm. Just be real quick here to think about uh, what I'll blog to you about what, they're, what the Canadian theaters are doing. Hmm. Discounted alcohol. That's one good way to get people in. <laughs> well, since they closed down all the bars, again i guess that's it mm-hmm. yeah they're, and they're, they're doing some drive-in like some drive-in showings of stuff and concerts and things but uh yeah i, can, I guess it would suck if I, I mean i used to have a tiff membership i let that expire because there was no point in having that yeah they could run down and watch classic films right but uh yeah same thing with hot dogs apparently hot dogs is gonna have trouble this year if they, i think yeah. they already had hot dogs right anyway that's it for another week so hey jonathan people want to get in touch with you where do they find you they can find me on twitter and instagram as at jpk Right. And how many people get in touch with you? I'm on Twitter as at Dev with the Hair. Right. My name is Timitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A. On the Twitter machine is where you'll find me. And so until next time, we'll see you in the future. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the Spotcast Podcast. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the Spotcast website at spotcast.com. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at Spotcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskSpotcast. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash Spotcast. You can find details on how to help us on our website, spotcast.com slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future.
Okay. So are, they, are they running long because they're putting commercials into an already hour-long show? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Like it's it's uh, it said there was four minutes left after after the the big reveal at the end. There it said there was four minutes left. So I thought, well, maybe there's a, an after show or something, and they just showed like you know two minutes of commercials and then the credits, right? So mm. I think it showed yeah, like and it, 50, closer to fifty than than fifty nine minutes. I thought, but maybe I misread the, the counter. Are you still watching the commercialized version on uh, CBS All Access, Jaime? Yep. Yep. So do you get commercials in yours? Yeah, although not consistently, which is strange. Oh. Um, like, do they put them at the right breaks? Like, they they do, but it seems like they've mm. changed strategies where rather than showing um, like one commercial or possibly like two little short commercials after every um, 10-ish, 15-ish minutes, like you would see in a normal broadcast show, seems like they're doing it as like, all right, we'll let you go like 20, 25 minutes, but then we're going to show 90 seconds of commercials. Yeah, but you know how they have those blocks where they kind of fade to black and then like, uh, you know, watching Lower Decks, I noticed they would fade to black and then they would come back up to the next scene and that to me seemed like a natural place for them to to signal to the, the stations to add, in, insert commercial here because they don't seem to go by a cadence now. Like, you know, it went from the cold open to the to the titles right into the show when I was watching it, right? Um, whereas, you know, sometimes they would do a cold open and they would have some sort of like title sequence and then they would go right to commercials, you know, like in traditional TV, right? But um, yeah, yeah. Um, did, they, did they sort of land in natural spots, do you think? Or They do. So they it, it looks like they still do uh, little areas where the scene cut that like you could imagine it being shown on on broadcast television and in fact i, I know they are doing that for uh, season one of discovery i want to say on cbs right. oh right yeah um, i haven't watched it because i'm like dude i got cbs all access i can watch in any random order i want right at any time um but yeah but for the, science the thing that, you should for for the show i mean think of the, the, the poor fans out there who have to suffer through it you have to experience at least one broadcast version for us yeah i think maybe i'll watch at least the first episode then and just see or or whatever the latest episode is that i run across and say all right let me see what this would be like but to answer your question it does seem like the show itself has spots where it's clear like all right here's where a, a, a break would be and they may not necessarily actually break um and in fact like i mentioned it, it went like uh 25 minutes 20 25 minutes i think before i saw a break so i thought i had no commercials because i actually did encounter no commercials on the first episode i think i was like oh well hooray <laughs> like either either they decided to not show commercials on this one or something went horribly wrong with their ad serving mechanism and either way it, it didn't stutter at all for me so it, it worked out fine i just had time to you know visit the little boy's room and uh didn't like that so i'm sure the dog's gonna show up because i haven't had a chance to let him out oh well it's a dog's life it's a, mm. yeah it's a heart yeah he's getting to be a real senior like real senior citizen now eh? he's making like very very sort of you know it's time for dinner now why aren't you feeding me dinner you you're know? looking for the early bird specials now <laughs> well he, st- he starts at 4 30 <laughs> usually but no but he's he'll actually come to me like last week when when, when i was saying he was going to explode he puts his head in on my my like lap or my and he like pushes me with his head like <laughs> a friend of mine's dog used to like grab you by the like you'd grab your sleeve and he would bite your grab your sleeve and, and tug you towards the door but he's so he's getting like that like and you know not taking uh for an answer right so <laughs> we were trying to take apart some furniture in the in the dining room today and and uh you know so we had the furniture blocked like we couldn't uh, he couldn't get out of the kitchen and i couldn't get into the kitchen and carol was on the other side too right and he's like mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like sorry buddy we know it's t- we know it's six o'clock and the cbc's playing the right news on right now but you know anyway poor pavlov <sighs> that reminds me i gotta feed the dogs anyway um yeah um you didn't get the joke no all right never mind whoops i forgot to put my watch list out i'm gonna go grab that
my watch list item. Whoa, who put all this stuff in here? Is Jaime back? Yeah, I, I didn't leave. I just went silent <laughs> as I went to go grab my item out of my. Well, you, uh, my you know, literally, you said I went to go grab my. You know, okay, never mind. No, I meant to say I need to. Well, yeah, I guess it's confusing because I need to grab my. I need to switch to another window <laughs> to find the notes that I had left but forgot to copy into the the official notes. So actually, I went on TV and watching um, the the trial of the Chicago Seven. Have you guys seen that? Oh, I want to watch that. That's yeah, that's on my to do list for sure. Yeah, it's it's, it's broken, amazingly right? wow, like like so um, like a ridiculous court. I mean, the, like like I mean, these guys were all charged, right? With conspiracy, mm-hmm. but it was all the appeal was turned over. The judge in it is just crazy. Like you know, like like it's it's like there's some parts that are unwatchable, but but it's funny to see how these these uh, these you know protests. All, all kind of got together and, and different groups like the different factions mm-hmm. it was all at the you know the u.s because i've only ever seen the riots in chicago and the footage you see on tv and stuff right mm-hmm. you know and, and as you know with the lens of journalism you can basically make something look a lot bigger than it is you know yep. but um yeah i'm dying to get back to it i was watching it just before discovery came on and and i was like discovery or this or watch the end of this you know like mm-hmm. it is really good it is it's, it's sasha baron cohen plays yeah. uh, abby hoff and yeah. um, who's the guy from the All Creatures thing? The the guy who um, the new Harry Potter, not Harry Potter, from the new A.K. Rowling movies. Oh yeah, I know the guy you mean. Eddie yeah. Redmayne. Yeah, Red, yeah. Eddie yeah. Redmayne. He plays an American, you know, Demo- Democratic, you know, student union guy. Flawless Canadian or American accent, right? <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, so it's funny. Like Sasha Baron Cohen has has a sort of New York accent, and yeah, it's really good. It's really interesting. Really interesting portrayal, and you know, sort of the the way that the the defense works and you know um and of course the one of my favorite actors is playing the attorney general lawyer young guy um from uh third rock from the sun young the kid oh joseph gordon levitt yes joseph gordon levitt yeah he plays the he plays the prosecutor which is interesting mm-hmm. sort of put into that position to you know yeah yeah but it's just it's like it's funny every time every time uh you know the 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 uh defense attorney will get up and he'll he, what do you what do you call it when you you object i object to yeah. this and and instead of instead of letting the judge say overruled the entire room goes overruled <laughs> All at once, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that show had me at Aaron Sorkin, and he's one of my yeah, Aaron Sorkin, yeah, of all-time yeah. favorite uh, writers. And, yeah. and now that he's moved into uh, to filmmaking as well as you know, Social Network. I mean, West Wing is hands down my favorite television show yeah, of all time. It's, so. I, you know, I still have to watch that, but but yeah, it's oh, it's really so this show is really well written and really well put together in terms of like it's not just a chronological storytelling of events. Mm-hmm. It centers around the trial, which went on for forever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this this judge like at one point the the defense attorney says i want you know a gerontologist sitting up in the up in the stands to keep an eye on this judge because he's just making wacko decisions right mm. yeah like the whole thing's a setup right right like from the from the yeah. get-go yeah. yeah did you guys watch that um uh netflix show when they see us last year the um the one about the kids in new york who were accused of rape and they basically oh yeah no I, I, that's another one i want to watch too right yeah that was what's well, ava duvernay did that she's the the um, uh, Wrinkle in Time and Selma, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was some of the most compelling television I've ever seen. It was so good. The the one actor in particular, the, all of the kids, all they they basically had the actors who played them as boys when they were like in their early teens when they were accused of the crime, and then they had them later in life. They had actors playing them. Um, some of the kid actors, you know, teenagers were incredible. One in particular wow. was just unbelievably good. Like so, maybe, maybe I did see that one. It was like a 
four part miniseries or a three part miniseries. Yeah, I think um, I, I think I did watch it. Now you say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. This it was, uh, I just looked it up. This guy's name is Jarrell Jerome, and he is uh, he plays Corey Wise, and he is unbelievable in the show. But I mean, it's same circumstances you're talking about, Tim, where like they were just there was no way they weren't going to railroad these kids into court and railroad them into you know in this whole public spectacle. Donald Trump bought a full page ad saying they should be executed. Yes, yes, yes. All this stuff, and it is just an absolutely heartbreaking thing to watch these young men get treated like this because they were poor and black and lived in yeah, in yeah. New York City at a time where you know things were even worse than they are now. And and uh, damn, that is such a good. I again, yes, I everyone should be yeah. forced to watch this. It is so good. It just yeah. one of those things that makes you want to crawl to your skin as a Caucasian person. You're just like, oh man, we are a problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like this this um, this. Uh, I mean, you know, we all we all know hindsight retrospect and all that kind of stuff with with Nixon and all that kind of stuff and the corruption and things. And you know, John Mitchell is the Attorney General of the U.S. And so mm-hmm. you can just see where this is going in terms of like the, the fact that you know get these people off the streets pretty much is the sort of yeah message, yeah right? by so, any means necessary basically yeah 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 so yeah, <laughs> yeah it's cool yeah anyway gotta wrap it up because I gotta get back to that show and then I gotta <laughs> do all kinds of other stuff. So I guess all I'll right. talk to you guys later. Till next time. So, all right. okay. See you guys. Bye. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.